That's all right, big bro. <clears throat> Round two. Oh, you. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast of Writing Raw. Today, I'm joined with Cam Cam, with the Schwa, and with Cobra. We have a full house. We are here at work. Um, you're probably going to hear some background noise, helicopters, airplanes, all types of goodness. We're going to record straight through the session because these are the types of conversations that we have here in this room all the time. It's the same type of conversations that have allowed me to even talk about this, allowed all of us to talk about this openly. I'm pretty excited about this week, um, today's episode. I wanted to talk about failure. I want to be really transparent with everybody when I talk about how I failed. It's, it was a really hard thing for me to say that I failed at something, that that I lost. Um, I was built not to fail. If there ever was a point in my life in the past that I did fail at something, I would do some other type of action in order to overcome that failure, something small, right? But when I failed at the biggest thing in my life with my relationships, there was nothing that I can do to get up from that. I had to lay there. I had to lay there in the dark, and I had to cry. I had to feel every emotion that, I, that I've been suppressing for years on end. So much stuff came crashing out of my closet all at once. That was almost two years ago. It was... It was crazy rough on me, a lot of energy, and I didn't think that I would make it to the day where I'm sitting here talking about it now, especially openly, but realistically, I'll talk about whatever I want because that's the work that I've done. When I was leveled at that time, the emotions, for the first time, I felt them, and I felt them all. I felt them deeply. I can finally look around the world around me and say, I, I failed. I lost. I almost lost what felt like everything. But I didn't. I still had myself. And in a failing time, I was able to pick myself back up with the guys and the girls around me, that small circle. And I was able to learn. And I was able to embrace emotions. And I was able to understand who I was, who I am as a person, as a man. At the time that I failed, I thought I was a man, but I wasn't. I was still a boy who was emotionally immature. So, with conversations, with reading, with my writing, with all the different types of arts that we do here, I know all of us, we all play guitar, um, we shoot pictures, we drag race cars, there's always some type of outlet that we do here. One of the people, obviously every one of you have had an integral role in getting me to where I'm at now, but primarily I want to say a shout out to, uh, to Cobes. You were always there in my corner, even the times that I did drain you. I mean, that is a love that, that's unshakable. In the last podcast episode, Cam brought up a, a situation about his friend failing in a relationship and he said, what are your guys' thoughts about, you know, swallowing pride? And I came out and I said, you know, the world doesn't owe you anything. At some point, you just have to pick yourself up and go. And Cobes, on the other hand, he said, hey, man, Cam is asking from a position of, you know, what to do. And that was the goal of this entire podcast, was to help guide people get to that place of what to do. Right now, I'm sitting high in the clouds and I'm feeling good. And a lot of us are. We've healed it with each other. But a lot of people don't have what we have here. It's a very special thing. I don't think we take it for granted because we still talk about this stuff. And that's why we're putting it on the airwaves for free right now to help people get to where they need to be. And hopefully they can use this as a tool. Um, this is what I'd like to do. I want to throw this to you, Cobes. I want you to talk to me about failure to you on what you've learned uh man, that's a lot to unpack honestly um is it good sound good okay yeah that's that's a lot to unpack because um, i i do think that failure uh if you if you break it down all the way to its core like it changes from you know person to person and um honestly almost culture to culture is, is just different you know depending on 
how you were brought up, what you're accustomed to and things like that. Um, in, in my culture, um, failure is like, it's, it's, well, I'll just speak for me. I'm not even gonna speak for culture, I'll speak for me. Um, I was always afraid to fail because of what it would make me in turn look like. And that could have been something that's up in my own head. You know, nobody else probably thought these things, but I did. You know what I mean? I felt like if I failed, then that means that I'm less of this or I'm less of that or whatever it is. And I would cover up, you know, those failures uh, um, so that I would in turn trick myself into believing that I'm not those negative things that I built up in my head. Does that make sense? No, it makes absolute sense. Yeah. So um, I don't know, kind of like you, where, where I got I got brought down to, to my knees and, you know, I failed, you know, so much. And, and one of the biggest things that I failed at, you know, was my relationships. Um, and it finally got to a point where I couldn't, there was no more fixing to be done, right? And so now you're just sitting there and there's, there's nothing, there's nothing to fix. There's nothing to, you know, clam onto or nothing. So now you're just sitting there. And so now you have to sit in that failure. But ultimately I feel like that was the best thing for me, man. Um, I think that uh, if, if you, if you don't hit that, that, that rock bottom, if you don't hit that place of, of being able to cover things up, if you will, um, you'll never truly know like how strong you are, you know? So failure is absolutely scary, but at the same time, it's taught me, you know, um, so much about myself, if that, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. You know? <coughs> oh, I need, I need to turn up a little bit. So failure, like you just said something really key right there. And it's something that I've written about quite a bit. It keeps on sticking out to me for the male to hit bottom. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's the same for the, for the female. My work hasn't been to try to understand the female just yet. My plan has been to try to understand the male from our perspective. Mm -hmm. If I could try to master this and bring it to the table, then maybe they can meet in the middle. All right. But you said hitting rock bottom. And, and I do think that's what a lot of males, it, it's, it's, what they have to do, it's, it's the way that we're built right now in this society for me to completely hit bottom. When you said that you were just sitting there and there was nothing else left to fix, there's a whole man sitting right there. Yeah, right, 100%. But we never did the self-reflection on ourselves, mm -hmm. right? I do honestly believe that a lot of it is, it's not against us in a bad way, but it is that ego that we're providing. So for you and for me, what I was considered to do in society was to build the house, get the wife, have the kid, have the fence, provide. So when, when everything broke and I was sitting there in my own trash, the way that I felt, my trash, my pain, I was still looking like, not necessarily for an excuse, but there's nothing left to fix. Maybe it was the way that I was looking at things. Does that make sense to you? Like everything that I had thought was was wrong. Everything. To me, it was I'm just a provider and I've done a great job providing, I thought, but maybe I was providing in the wrong ways. I wrote this one piece where it said, um, instead of investing in myself, I've been investing or like investing in myself being like my emotions, my emotional maturity. I was investing everything around me. Because I was the provider. That's the way I was taught, to provide for your family. I thought that at the age of 18 or whatever age you get married, you accepted me for who I am, my lack of emotional understanding, all these types of things. But now I'm here. I am providing to the overall goal. So when I get broken at this later age, it's like, what the hell did I do wrong? But then finally, I took a long look in the mirror. I saw my worth. And to pick myself up, I was like, I want to understand who I am. Why would somebody walk out on somebody like me? And that's when I took a look at myself. How does that vibe with you? When you say that, though, like, why would somebody, like, I wonder how you feel about that now. You know what I mean? Like, you say, like, why would somebody walk out on me? You know, do you necessarily think that it's a you thing? It's not. So you know? there's the beauty of it right there <laughs> because now it's not a me thing. Right. Now that I understand who I am and my worth and what I brought to the table, mm -hmm. it was necessary, not necessarily that I was a failure at that time, mm -hmm. but I can, I can still consider myself as failing at that time because I didn't know myself wholly. 
True. Which is a beautiful thing now because now that I know what I bring to the table, the boundaries around me, right? And as a generator, and I know that you're a generator too, as generators, we get our energy from like plugging in and helping everybody. That's why we're sitting in this room with four walls right now, Mm -hmm. talking through a microphone to help everybody because we're generating, but our walls are up. Nothing can really get to us. We're just saying whatever is is coming to our mind from what we've experienced, what we've learned, um, the wisdom that we have right now. Speaking of experience, here's what I I experienced when I I hit rock bottom is I realized once I stopped like trying to grab at things, you know, and I and I sat in it and I realized how peaceful rock bottom is. You know, when you're not at rock bottom, rock bottom feels like it's going to be so scary, right? Mm. It's like, man, I have nothing left. Like, you know, life is over. But when you realize that when you hit rock bottom, it's like, no, life's life's beginning now. And it's just a different type of piece. Like you have no you have no bricks laid at bottom. Now you get to place one brick perfectly. You know what I mean? Like you get now you get a chance to build, but it's just that that fear of like I don't want to I don't want to go down there. Like the the pit seems dark, mm. you know. It seems like you can't climb out of this, so you don't want to go all the way down there. But it's like, bro, once you get there, like you realize how not necessarily I ain't gonna say peaceful, but there's there's a certain piece to it, you know. There is. because um, now you get a chance to build with a with a with a blank slate. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like you got an empty canvas now. It's like everything that you thought that you were before you hit rock bottom that you were afraid of, it's like, man, if I fail then I'm no longer these things. So what you built up in your head is like this is who I am. Once you hit rock bottom, now you can build that thing. Correct. You know what I mean? But you start with being able to set those boundaries, like you said, you know. Um but you, you you're able to do that once you let go of trying to force a fix. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and as males, that's, that's what we try to do to fix it. We force, mm-hmm. we beat, we punch, right? Yeah. We're workers. Yep. Uh, one of the best things that you ever told me, and it, I've mentioned this on several of the podcasts, and I'm going to keep saying it because that's how I, that's how I'm built. I have to keep beating it into my subconscious. There are so many things that don't matter Mm -hmm. you are putting your hands on so many things that don't matter like brother get out of your head yeah you have to get out of your head that's the hardest part man it's like letting go it's like if somebody was listening to this right now and it was wondering like man like like i feel like i'm falling you know like how do i how do i stop like how do i get like i would let them know just like listen like let it go depending on what the situation is like let it go you know what i mean like there's no use of, of burning yourself to the point where you are no longer you know, um, capable of, uh, of generating, if you will, like, let it, let it go, gather yourself and then, and then build, you know what I mean? And then build like empty, you got to empty your mind, man. And, and, and get a a clear focus on, you know, your goal and where you want to go. But that usually happens when you, when you let go. So just like relax, let go. It's not going to be nothing. Nothing's over. It's not over. It's just, you got to get to a point of when I remember when we had this conversation, we were talking about, uh, I think it was while you were going through your uh, divorce or whatnot, we had a conversation and we were talking about um, like when you want your work to start. The work is inevitable. It's coming regardless. You can continue to fight and prolong when the work is going to start or you can just start it today, meaning let go, start now, or you can just continue to fight and not, you know what I mean? Well, for the male, I do think that there are times... Like you're saying, the work is going to come eventually. Mm-hmm. That the male isn't going to do the work. There is an easier, quote unquote, way out, and they do take that that route. And I do firmly, firmly believe that's why the suicide rates are as high as they are, and they're climbing because they get lost like us. Here's the thing, and I know we don't take it for granted, but what we have here is a very, very special thing. When a lot of guys that get lost and they hit that bottom, they don't have something around them. The dad that raised you who, did, who never cried or never showed the emotional side for him, like for me, he didn't open up. You're going to have to figure this out. But sometimes we do need help. You know, how hard is it for a male to, to ask for help in the grand scheme of things? Like when you're on that car drive and you get lost mm-hmm. or you're in the store, why don't you just ask this guy where this stuff is at? Like, no, nah, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right? I don't need help. But it's having that trust, and that's what that's what we have here. 
so when I did get at that bottom, bottom place or when you did or when I've seen Cam as low as I've seen him in his life, you know, it's all relative. It's that trust that allows us to talk about it. So you guys are talking about letting go, something that came to mind. You already may be on this track, but do you think it's hard for the majority of people to just let go of something because of not knowing how to fail? It's, I mean, 100%. you could look at it like a yeah. failure, especially if you're in that mindset. Mm -hmm. I can't let this go, then I lose. Yep. If you don't know how to deal with it, you can't let go. You can't deal with what's in front of you, you know, full circle. Yeah, and I and I understand like me being where I am right now is is easier for me to say because I I did it, but I do remember like how hard it and and honestly I didn't let go because it was like you know what I'm just gonna have faith in them and let go like I didn't have a choice like there was nothing for me to to do so now I can speak in hindsight because like man it wasn't as scary as I thought it was gonna be but that's only because I didn't have like I didn't voluntarily let go it just I didn't I couldn't grab onto anything so. Um, it was absolutely involuntary for me. But because I'm here now, like I can speak to somebody else and try to get them to understand that like, bro, it's not it's not that scary, man. I promise you it's not. I was about to bring up what you like exactly what you just said because yeah. when I started a lot of this and um mine are uh, a lot with like my brothers and my family. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they take little pecs or whatever and then you you don't want to let it go. You're like, I'm not letting this little problem go because right. then I lose and I can't lose. And through all this stuff, without even thinking about it subconsciously, like the you know, one of them say something, something along those lines, whatever. And it's like, yeah, you got it. It's not that important to me. Right. You just walk right. away. And it's so much easier. It's so much more effective. You got a lot of a, a little peace when you do walk away from it. You exactly. Know what I mean? like, yeah. That's, and that's they look at you there. like, did he just walk away from me? Right. Like, it's yeah. not that important to him. No, yeah. it's not, bro. <laughs> But that's like on a smaller scale, but in a bigger scale too. Like life is the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. So, Well, I think what I noticed from you, Cobes, is that when you finally did um, let go, right? When you finally did let it, oh, and you did, it was like all at once. Like finally, like enough. That's when I started noticing that you had, uh, and this is going to be a big one when you started respecting yourself, like you always respected yourself, but truly respecting. I don't think I would always respect myself. And I know you're trying to, you're, you're trying to be, you know, nice when we were friends for over 20 years, you know, I get it, but like, no, like call it what it is, a spade a spade. I didn't, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but looking back on it now, the kind of respect I have for myself now, I look back at my previous self, which is only like three years ago, but it's like, I didn't. I did not respect myself. I thought I did, but I did not. You know, and that's a huge thing. And once you hit that bottom and you start to set those boundaries and you start to envision yourself becoming the man that you always wanted to be or the person you always wanted to be, not just man, woman as well. Um, you start envisioning the person and you start to build that person. Now you can look in the mirror and you respect that person. So now you can you can recognize disrespect from a mile away. Right. And so there's certain it's easier to keep those boundaries now. It's easier to walk away from things that don't serve your 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 purpose in life, you know. Um, and so when you don't have that respect, now you you hold on to things because of how they they help you to get over the insecurities you have in yourself, right? Absolutely. Um, but when you do respect yourself, you don't care about what something makes you look like. You don't care, and it's not to say that you don't care about anybody else's feelings, but they don't trump your own. Nope. You know. But you have to get to a place of where you start to respect yourself, you know. And it's so. for me, it was really hard to do because as a generator, full on generator, I don't need anything from the outside to power me because I'm a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't matter what you did to me. I could still keep, you know, hands up. I'm still running through here. Right. Yeah. But being leveled, laying on the ground and working as much as I have to understand who I am, the work that I've put in, everything that I've done, the respect that I have for myself, like now, you don't even bring that stuff to the table over here, right? right? There is way too much that I respect in myself that I will not allow certain things from the outside. I'm, uh, we asked for feedback in the last session, and I got some feedback, and some people said... Uh, that I need to be more humble. I need to. I, I'm not humble anymore. I was humble for two years. Now, 
with I, I don't I have a problem with that because I, I feel like people think that um if you are if you are confident, you know, um then that means that you are that you have a problem with you have a problem with humility, you know. And I and I don't think that. If you are uh, if you're confident, you're sure of yourself, you know what you want, you know what you don't want and things like that, then it's going to it's going to come out that way. Um and it's not that you are not humble, you're just you know what you want. You know, True. two plus two equals four. I'm confident in two plus two equals four. You know, I can say that with confidence. If I know this about myself, I don't accept this, and then I don't accept this. That's not, you know what I mean? If I say, I, I am this, I am strong, I am this, or whatever it is. If I am that, and I see in my head that I am that, it's not me being arrogant. It's not me being cocky. It's just that that is how I perceive myself. Why would I dumb myself down? So you can be comfortable with what's coming out of my Correct. mouth. If you're not comfortable with it, then you don't have to associate with me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know? Well, I think a lot of people, when they do, let's say, when they feel threatened or they feel uncomfortable with, with the things that I say or with the things that you say, they are people who haven't been around a, a, a true confident male. They may have been around cocky and they've been hurt by it in the past. Mm-hmm. So now, you know... Don't associate me with those guys in your past either. You know, I'm I'm much bigger mm. than than I've than I've ever been. But you can't ask me to to do like no. I'm I'm burning on fire right now at a beautiful beautiful level, and I will not calm it down. I won't. Yeah. Well, to to split hairs with cocky and confident is like a. I mean, how long has that been going on? What is, yeah. what is the sign or what what is the sure thing? Because I have my ideas, but to you guys, um, where's that line? What is the difference in cocky and confident? Uh, to me, I feel like cockiness is exhibited in people who can't back up what they're saying. They're trying to convince you, but really they're trying to convince themselves that there's something. Because they're so they, Yeah, they they bring up this bigger, you know, personality that. This, than what's inside, you know. So they're trying to mm-hmm. convince you. They're trying to convince themselves of something. So, you know, they come out this way. But I think a uh, a person who truly believes in what they are and who they are and, and what they're trying to achieve, like that's not. I feel like that's just confidence, in my opinion. You know? And confidence now that we've been through this, I can sit in a room, let's say, and there's a hundred other people in there, and you could pretty much get a gauge on somebody's nonverbals and the way they speak and the way that they talk about things, right? I can tell if you've probably been through some fire before mm-hmm. and you've actually processed that pain. Yeah, their stuff's coming from something. Yes. It's not they're not regurgitating what nope. you know is coming from something. Also I would say this, I think I think arrogant people or, or cocky people don't really have an interest in helping other people. Mm-mm. Right. So I, I, I honestly don't feel like an arrogant person or a cocky person is going to have a podcast like this where they're actually <laughs> trying to help somebody else. It doesn't make sense. That's an oxymoron, in my opinion. And, and I think that that person would have a podcast just to gloat. That person would have a podcast just to talk about themselves. And, and you know, um, but with the actual or the, uh, the intent to, to help somebody else out, that doesn't exist in cocky people. Do you think it's safe to say you show confidence and you speak cockiness because what it comes down to for me, like I said, I have my own ideas was that you're able to show confidence. I think you you show confidence, but I think you can speak confidence if the, if it's a question being asked to you and you answer it. Yeah. But to me, like you can't tell me how, how confident you are. I have to see it. I would agree. I would agree with that. Now, how about this though? Do you think that sometimes a person will hear what what you have to say, and it's based on them if they're thinking if you're coming off as too cocky or too confident? Okay, let's put it this way: you guys know me, my circle knows me. My circle is very small, and for everybody listening out there, that's one of the life lessons I got for you. For me, what worked was get a smaller circle, but for like these guys in here. You guys know me very well. You know me to the point where if I was saying things that was being too, you know, like, hey, he's being too, you, you could say something to me about that, right? And I would take your feedback and I would 
I would mold with it, right? But if somebody in the outside world, like somebody listening to this podcast right now, and they were to say, man, riding raw is being way too cocky. That's on you, brother or sister. Because mm-hmm. I'm just speaking truth. I'm not coming at you trying to get something. I'm not looking for something free. This is just raw me. Yeah. Well, it's your truth. It's your truth. It is right? mine. And here's, I mean, like you brought up earlier that there's a lot of things that just don't matter. In my opinion, that's one of those things. It don't matter. If anybody in this world thinks that they're going to get 100%, um, you're going to get 100% of the people to agree with 100% of the things that you say, that's, you're irrational. <laughs> right. You're, you're absolutely irrational. There's no possible way. So having a conversation about, you know, whether or not somebody is this or whether or not somebody is that you got to realize that if you have a thousand listeners, there's going to be 300 of them that say you're cocky. There's going to be 700 to say you're not. What difference does it make? You still got to you still got to be you. You still got to say things that, you know, that, that resonate with you. Um, it's not it's not anybody's job. It's not your job. It's not my job. It's not anybody's job in this world to convince somebody that you're not something. Yes. You know what I mean? Or that you are something. And so now you got to change who you are so that you get this person's opinion. And then you're going to meet the next person. They're going to say, what? You're passive. And so now you have to change again. No, I'm going to be me. And it's like you said, it's up to you. If you decided I'm cocky, then okay, I'm cocky to you. Correct. But what difference does that make? This is still who I am. It doesn't matter. Yeah, this is who I am. I don't have to explain. That's another like... Step for me coming out of uh, the failure side, still trying to people please, because I was. I was always, I was the life of the party, always trying to people please. Um, if somebody was to say like, hey, that was a little brash. Hey, man, I'm sorry. That was really, it's not saying that, I'm, I'm not going to say I don't care, because I still do care. Mm-hmm. But it's, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but I'm not explaining myself anymore. The only time that matters to me is when you are in a relationship with a person. And the person that you care about, the person that you love is you're making them feel a certain way, then maybe you should probably figure out how you're coming off, you know, if you want this relationship to, to last, if you will, you know. But for just a regular, I can say regular person, everybody matters, right? Everybody does matter. But um, you shouldn't just change your your person based on comments or, you know, the, the passerby or who, you know. So... Well, after you've done the work for it, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. This but is even still, like now you're single. You're a single man now, and now you're going out there in the world, and you are who you are. Um, that person who's going to come to you, they, they're going to look at you, and they're going to say, they have a choice. They could say, this is the type of man that I'm looking for, or they're going to say, this is not the type of man I'm looking for. If that is not the man that you're looking for, don't go there. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yep. Like, You should find the person that resonates with how you are. You know, and vice versa, you know. So. Well, speaking of, so you just brought up the relationship side of things. So coming out of the failure, we talked earlier about boundaries. So we're talking about failures. Now that I'm at the place that I'm at and the place that you're at, the place that all of us are at, we're in a pretty good, peaceful place. It's like what I used to tolerate compared to what I will tolerate now. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you've got a little bit more experience than me on this part because I haven't started dating. You've been diving into that pool. Not diving. Just oh, a skosh. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a skosh. But now. What's a skosh? <laughs> I'm sorry. A skosh. Skosh, man. Yeah. Look it up on your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you're in the place that you're at, the things that you do tolerate compared to what you used to tolerate. And honestly, I feel like tolerate is a strong word. I get what you're trying to say, but it's a strong word. It's not so much that it's like, hey, I'm not going to tolerate that. Get I mean, I just don't want, I know you don't think that, but nope. I don't want any listener to think like, oh man, yeah, I should figure out what I tolerate, what I don't tolerate and tell somebody I'm not going to tolerate. No, don't do that, man. You <laughs> it's know just what I a mean. matter of like, uh, what resonates with you and what doesn't. Okay, you know? resonates. And, and, and right now, um, where I am, it's like, if something is taking away the peace that I've, that I've built and I enjoy living in, you know, then I just don't, I don't want to be there, you know, and I have no problem exiting from that situation. It may seem cold, but at the end of the day, like, I'm going to die one day, bro. Like, so this is, I only got one life, so I'm going to live it and I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it. You know, I'm not going to get another one. So, so 
Are, are we okay. are we talking about standards? Is that what this is? Mm. Not on a we shallow can, we level. Can use, yeah. We could use that I word. I think it, it's, yeah. it's used yeah. on a shallow, more shallow level usually. You think yeah. about looks when you hear standards, whatever. But right. that's what I think about. It. I mean, the relationship I've been through is I have new standards now. Like, you got to... You got to show me that energy when I come through the door so that I'm happy to see you. And if you don't meet that standard to me, like I can't, you know. I respect that, man. I respect that, especially nowadays. Somebody may hear that and they would say like, oh, man, you're ridiculous because you have such of this and such of that. But it goes back to um, the fact that if that is your standard, there's nothing wrong with you having that standard. It's just the fact that whoever's going to come into your life if they like that standard, then cool. They that's something that they're good at. They want to they want to be a part of that. If they don't, then they can go find somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What do you think? So so sometimes we talk about standards. You know, there's going to be times in your life when you come home and your significant other isn't going to meet you at that front door, right? There's always going to be. It's not always one hundred percent. No, not at yeah. all. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. Yeah. But you're just talking about in general. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd like for my significant other to meet me at the front door. Here's, here's my thoughts on this. And this is something that I'm going to get Josh on. Um, I remember it was several weeks ago. I came in. I was like, man, I had this thought about. I said, take a model and you have three circles that intersect with each other. And, and then that's when Schwa, you said, uh. Oh, yeah, that's called a, a Venn diagram. And, of course, yeah. we had, I didn't know what a Venn diagram was <laughs> for the most part. But overall, if you were to... Stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the educated one, all right? <laughs> if you were to take a person, and there's, there's three different levels to a person. Um, you have the primal, you have the inner child, and you have the adult side of a person. When you truly... And I mean truly, unconditionally love somebody. You love all three versions of that person. For the longest time, I always laughed at people who would say like, oh, you've got multiple personalities. But in reality, it's built inside of us. It's built inside of me that I will act primal sometimes. I'm going to eat with my hands. You know, There are going to be times that... Uh, I may lose my temper in a situation based on whatever circumstance and my palms are going to go sweaty. And this is something Schwal and I talked about. My palms are going to go sweaty. My eyes are going to tear up and I'm going to sweat and I'm going to like, that's that anger, anger, right? Uh, the last time I was that angry was when I was out with the kid. He just learned how to walk and some other kid at the playground picked up dirt, poured it on top of his head. And of course that pissed me off. What took it over the edge to make me really hot and angry was when the dad that was out there said to his son, hey, don't do that. Just said, don't do that. Come back over here. There was no apology. And that's, you know, I'm very territorial when it comes to my cub. That's my kid. But when it comes to, like, true, true, deep love, I'm going to love that animal side to you. I'm going to love that grown woman side to you. That's what I love about you. But I think what a lot of us get hooked up on is that inner child, okay? That inner child that does come out every now and then. Like for me in that situation, I lost control of my emotions. I was now going into my, that angry monster inside of me. So now it's a mix between primal and child. The adult has left the conversation in terms of emotion when that other dad didn't do anything about the situation that happened to my kid. When I was in that circumstance, let's say I apply that to like a relationship, a love relationship. I think when we lose that side of the inner child, when that other inner child comes out of your partner, um, we, we can look at him and say, who the hell is that talking to me right now? And I don't like that side of you. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think there's um, like a healthy balance to like you said, what you should tolerate, I guess. Um, you know, you need to take your partner as a whole, not just pieces um, that you like about them. So, uh, like I said, I think there's a, a healthy balance uh, with things that you need to um, accept, I guess. Yeah, but let's put it this way. 
growing up, it wasn't until the age of 34, roughly, where I was at in my healing process that I even knew that like the inner child existed. So I think that a lot of this is miscommunication or people just, they just don't know. A lot of times I got, I got angry and I got mad at the world because I said, you guys are all lazy and nobody's doing their work. They just don't know. They just don't know. I didn't know that that inner child existed. You know, for me, it was, I'm a full grown man right now. I am not a child anymore, but that child is in there. And when you lose control of your emotions and the same goes for your partner, if that inner child comes out and now it's you talking to this child, but last night she was a grown woman with you. It's like, what the hell is going on here? I have a question for you because I'm, I'm a little bit confused on. So you're saying you should uh, love each part, the woman, the primal, the inner child. Um, I guess where I'm confused is. What if that that person or that child comes from a place where obviously they, they can't have control over that? Um, so that inner child inside of them, whether they, you know, say they've done the work, they've done all this stuff. But when that child does come out, it's a brutal one. You know, um, so I guess what I'm asking is I, I don't believe that that's and I don't want to call it a requirement, but that that's a requirement to love the inner child. I think at least in my opinion that you should love the control that they have over whatever that inner child is. So in this place that I'm at in my life now, for when I start dating somebody else, they're going to have to understand their inner child. It's, it's one of my things. You're going to have to know who you are as a kid. Now, I'm not saying you have to be completely healed, but you have to be aware, right? But it is a requirement for me now. The two relationships that I lost in the past were because an inner child came out, was out of control, and I didn't know. And ultimately, it shouldn't be my responsibility to fix that person and fix their inner child. I can hold your hand. I can go with you through things, but I am not going to fix everything or your entire life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's so much we don't know. I have to be able to have a conversation with you. I have to. And when we do lose control, and I lose control, we all lose control. But with that trust that you have with your significant other, if they were to say like, hey, you need to pump the brakes. I'm going to pump the brakes because I trust you. There will be times that things, life is not always happiness. We've talked about this before. 95% of your life, it can be awesome. It can be beautiful. It can be brilliant. There will be a time that you will get challenged in life. That will happen. That will happen. There have been conversations that I've had where I've, I've said, when a woman gives birth to a child, for I do honestly believe for some women, it's the first time that they've actually felt true, unconditional love. It's a different version of love than what they have with their significant other with their husband, but when that kid comes out of them, maybe one of the first times they've actually felt true, deep love. And I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on this, but a lot of divorces or breakups happen after the child comes out of, of the woman. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, and this is this is obviously something we've talked about before. It's hard for me personally to kind of wrap my head around it just because you know, I'm younger in my situation and um, I don't really have many friends having kids or anything like that yet. But I do see the the theory on it is, and this is something we've talked about before is like levels of love. Um, I think it was in shades, but uh, once you realize like, like, it sounds like like a female, once she realizes, oh, there's a whole nother, stare not even a step there's a whole nother staircase of feelings that i'm having for this thing now like why aren't why why aren't you giving that to me why haven't i felt the same way about this guy that i've been married to or that i've been dating or my fiance Mm -hmm. that i that i have this child with i haven't like i'm looking at this kid in a different way than i'm looking at you Mm -hmm. all right well how do you open that up like how because so if we 
establish that that's a thing, what's the what's the conversation you have? What's the fix kind of deal? All right, so now is when we start diving into the, you know, what is the female thinking or the feminine side thinking? And I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a female. I've never had the ability to give birth to child. Only, only a female can do that. Only they can bring life into this world. They have the portal of life, all right? So when that kid comes out, I don't know what that connection is. I don't. But, I mean... <laughs> You see the way a mother looks at a child? I mean, that's a special thing. It's a very special thing. And I've had talks before with other, uh, with other writers on Instagram. Um, and they said, the love that I have for my child is not the same love that I have uh, for my significant other. It's just different. I said, okay, it's different. Is it deeper? Well, I don't know if you could say that it's deeper. But it is another version of love. And now I'm standing next to this this male that I procreated with, and it's a different level of love than I have for my child, okay? It's a different level of love. And for me, the male, the way that I see my woman, you have all of my love. There is nothing deeper than this. So in a way, we get, I, I got confused. Like, what the, what are you talking about? I'm giving you the deepest level of love that I have. So does the male feel offended by it? Does the male shut down? I think it comes down to understanding. It comes down to trust. Trust creates your communication. But I don't know. Understanding. Um, yes, I think it comes down to understanding what love is. And I, you know me, like I have my own, like I have a, a legitimate definition of love and for me it's not something that's it's not something that's fickle the definition doesn't change i don't believe in different types of love i do i believe in different types of admiration i believe in different types of emotion i believe in different types of of things that you will give to another person or whatever but love is to me is just constant it is what it is you know um i think people confuse those and it, based on my definition of what love is i think people confuse those um, but to me, I think love is only a giving action. It's not a receiving action. There's nothing about love that says receive, only giving, right? So if you ever reach a point to where um, you're expecting to receive, that's a completely different emotion. We're not talking about love anymore, so don't even bring that to the table. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. that's, just how that's just how I view things. What like, would you call it? What? The receiving part of the, it? The expectation of yeah, receiving love. Um, you, you can't receive it. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, that's not... It doesn't even make sense to me to receive. It's only what you can give, you know. Okay. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion. But receiving it, to me, you're, you're receiving affection. You're receiving... Um, oh, you're receiving aspects of what, what makes love. So, like, the, you're saying, like, affection or, you know... Right. Uh, you're, you're receiving... Deeds or... Uh, comfort. You're yeah. receiving this, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're receiving love. Now the person giving those things, they're giving those things because they love you, right? But you're not receiving love, you're receiving a certain thing. And that thing may be admiration, it could be affection, it could be uh, somebody giving you words of affirmation or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like you're receiving those things, but I don't know. What if it's not, okay. Mother gives birth to a child. Mm -hmm. She feels this certain level of love. Or this, all the levels of love. I she, don't believe in levels. Okay, know. so it's her love. Right. This is my love. She looks at the male that created this child with her, mm -hmm. and she says, the love isn't as strong. I think what she's really saying, and this is just my opinion, I think what she's really saying is, I'm willing to give this kid more than I'm willing to give you. Okay. That's what she's saying. Okay. You know? But as far as like, I love this thing more. I don't. I don't know. I don't believe in that. I don't think you can love something more or less. Okay. You know, love is just love. It is what it is. It's love. That's it. So let's say, in my theory, that. So so ultimately, you're saying that the the love is going to be equal, between. I don't think. 
I'm going to sound like really, really like. No, you're <laughs> you not. Know, like I'm, 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 out here, right? Here's the beautiful thing so like, about this right now, because yeah. I feel the same way you are. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to come off on the airwaves right now saying some things. It's like we're women haters, and it's not. You have to, like, I am trying to understand. You're trying to understand. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're just having a conversation. But to me, I think I think love is just a, a constant thing. There's nothing above or below it. it. It's just love. That's it. You know, so... The idea to me of loving something more or less just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Like I okay. don't I don't understand. You know, I don't even know how to answer the question of it because it just doesn't you know, the only thing I could say is for me, um this this is how I can explain love for me. I think the only way to tell that you really were in love with something is when time tests it, right? So you can you can exhibit love throughout your entire life. You can exhibit it. You can give it, you know, your entire life. But to actually be able to tell whether or not it was love or not is when you're at the end of your life cycle and you can look back and you say, man, I was able to consistently without any sort of uh, condition give love. So that to me tells me that, yes, that's that's exactly what that was. But to me, love is an action. Right. And that's something that you can you can tangibly see and do is love. You can do that. But to me, is love is not necessarily a, a feeling. You know what I mean? Mm. Does that make sense to me? Like, yeah, it's not an emotion, love. It's not an emotion. Yeah, it's an action. Right. And so to me, love is something that, in its definition, it's everlasting. Right? So you could tell somebody today, like, I love you. Right? And to them, if the definition is everlasting, how do they know that? They won't know that until the, the end of time. Right? So... You can continue to give, you know, love, meaning you continue to, uh, um, you continue to show up, you know, for a person. You continue to uh, forgive a person. You can continue to be patient with a person. You continue to bend over backwards for a person. You just continue to do those things because that's what you do when you when you love. You do those things, but also in that definition is, it never fails. It never fails, and it will last the end of time right? we keep talking about like through the end of time we've right. been over this a million times you know the uh, the three priorities for us when mm-hmm. it comes to like you and i and i think a good number of i'm, I'm, I'm gonna say like gender roles of him and her but some people um, number one is respect number two is loyalty number three is love mm-hmm. right so what i noticed what i did there a minute ago when i talk about a woman giving birth to a child it's automatic you know that's pure love and um, for the male, the love is the same. But as the male, if I feel like I'm getting less love than this child, it's number three on my priority list. Are you still like respecting me and having that loyalty for me? Because if you're still giving me those things, right, then I still feel good. I feel you. Um, <laughs> this is the other thing that, that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. It makes sense to me. And this is something I want to carry into my relationship and how I deal with uh, a woman that I'm gonna that I'm gonna be seeing. This is why I view love the way I the way I view. I think love is perfect. It doesn't, you know what I mean. So if love for me is a is an outward thing, it's not an inward thing, right? So say you love someone so much that only thing that you're con- concerned with every day that you go home and you see this person is what you can give this person. If you're so consumed with that, will you ever notice what you're not getting? No. You will never notice it, yeah. right? So how could you ever have a gripe about what you're not getting? I'm not, I'm not receiving enough love. You don't notice that you're not receiving enough love. True. Because the love coming out of you is, is an outward thing. You're only concerned about making this person uh, feel special. That's, that's all you're concerned about. And if you are, but that, that, that comes with understanding yourself and being comfortable with yourself and respecting yourself and doing all the self-healing. You know what I mean? Like if you don't need an outward source to make you feel whatever, then that provides you the opportunity to go out and, and love, you know, unconditionally. Does that make sense? Yep, makes total you, sense. Because you don't require anything to perform. Mm-hmm. You don't require it because it comes from you. Does that make sense? So if, I'm con- if, I, have, if I have a female, if I have a female, if I have a woman that I'm, that I'm seeing, and every day my, my soul, not my sole purpose, but when it comes to love, my sole purpose is just to make sure that you feel special. Absolutely. Right. I'm not going to come home one day and say, you're not, you're not reciprocating because my love isn't based on you reciprocating. Correct. It doesn't matter. You know, 
because I can do that myself. You know. I'm kind of I'm kind of lost on that. Let's uh, let's 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 iron it out then. If uh, <laughs> hmm. So so theoretical. If you're you're currently in a relationship, say you're about you know six seven months in something yep. around those lines and. Um, usually it's around the mark, things start changing, you get out of like, look, honeymoon phases, whatever happens. Mm -hmm. And they're not giving the level of, of, uh, love or affection or these things to you. Um, even though you're not like receiving, you, you said you don't receive love and you're still matching what you do because that's what you do. And where do you draw that line of like, I'm going to keep giving you love because that's what I do. You draw and that line of disrespect. Okay. If they're disrespecting you, then why are you there, right? But if your if your desire to give that person the love or the the line that you were giving the entire time, if you're if the reason you were doing that was because of what you were getting, you're already wrong and you're doomed. You're not gonna make it. No. Yeah, I get that. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I don't think so. I, I I'm over here rationalizing mm -hmm. it with my situation, my own head. So I wouldn't say that I give love or do the things I do to receive it. I give love and do the things I do because I feel love. Mm -hmm. With that being said, if the reception of what I feel is the same thing happened to disappear, what I'm, I'm being treated poorly now. What am I doing here? Are you being treated poorly or are they just not doing the things that they used to do? I would consider that poorly. If, you know, if, if, I'm committing myself to a relationship or to grow in this thing. And now I'm not, now I'm not getting, um, affection or like affirmations or reassurance and all these things that fuel a healthy relationship. Then. So let me back up. Let me say this. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you need to be in a relationship with them. Does that okay, make sense? Yeah. So yeah. like you can't, I don't, I don't sit here and say like, you know, because I love you, I will, I will never leave or whatever like that that's, if it's a bad relationship it's a bad relationship bro. yeah you know it doesn't mean that yeah. i don't like this is not the standard that i have for what i want my relationship to look like it doesn't mean that i love you less or more you know it's just this is not what i want so that's why i say i would draw the line of respect for sure mm. respect and disrespect i would draw the line you know right there um but again if it's if it's something that they're no longer doing to me personally that begs another question what happened you know, is it, it's not necessarily a you thing. It's not your, pro it's not your problem. It could be something that's in them. Mm -hmm. You know, what happened in their life that caused them to suddenly make a shift, you know? But if your love is based, not gonna say based on, but if your love requires some type of reception, then it's hard to put that aside and say like, hey, what's wrong with this person? What happened to my person, you know? Yeah. Because you're only concerned, and you're only concerned about, but a lot of your concern <laughs> is coming from, um, what you're not getting yeah i think um so this is this is the beauty of this room this is the beauty of what we have you know to my left i have cam cam i know that you see in different levels of love yeah yeah i, b I believe in levels you're a firm believer that there are different levels of love whereas cobes sees it it's either love or it isn't love mm -hmm. there aren't shades for him and that's the beauty of this room that you can have a room full of alpha males, and that's the way that I see us, a bunch of lines in here, having the discussion about it. And it could seem very confusing to a lot of the people that are probably listening, right? Because like, man, this guy's coming with this idea, this guy's coming with this idea, it's all males. Let me, let me, I'm going to throw you this softball, Cogs. And this is a point that I take very, very dearly, and I think I've earned the right to say what it is that I'm going to say. I think that a lot of times people, like you take my writing, my writing and my captions and the things that we say on this podcast, a lot of people hear it and they're like, my goodness, this dude is like, he's throwing it out there. And to me, it's not really like that volatile of stuff, but I do think it's volatile for a lot of people because they haven't had a strong male influence in their life. I firmly, honestly do believe a lot of the detriment that has happened in society in this world we live in is because males have been fathers, not dads. That's a powerful word, difference between a father and a dad. 
males, and I'm not saying that you've been a bad dad or a bad father, but you just haven't opened as much as what the world, what this place needs, what it expects, well, not even expectations anymore. You haven't been strong enough. You haven't been able to show the emotional side to you, to the kids that you have grown, or there's been an absence of fathers. I know a lot of my followers are single moms who are raising boys saying, thank you so much for doing this because this information that you're giving, it's going to help me foster a better relationship for my sons when they venture out into the world. What do you think about the statement of like daddy issues? I know there's a negative connotation that a lot of people put on females. We say like, oh, she's got daddy issues. At that point, if somebody's got daddy issues, it's not on the girl. It's on the guy that raised her. Now, of course, there's got to be some self-accountability somewhere along the way to fix some of these things internally. But it should have never happened in the first place. And especially with the amount of information that we have at our fingertips every day. I guarantee you that everybody's got a phone for the most part in this mm -hmm. country, at least, right? You have access to so much information. Um, why, why are we continuing at this rate? My overall thought to a lot of this, and this is something that happened, I think it was last weekend, you know, I'm, I'm sitting with the kid, and all these numbers, all these bad numbers are trending in this way. Divorces, suicide, murder, all these bad numbers, right? We are no longer evolving in a positive way as a species. We're not. We're failing. That is my honest, honest opinion. That's as, as raw as you can get. We are failing. And I want to know why you think we're still failing. Cobes, tell me. Uh, we're human. All right. <laughs> as simple as that, man. We're human. I think we've been failing for a very, very long time. And honestly, I don't think that we're going to succeed in it. I think we've got to do the best that we can do, you know, given the time that we are, we're given. You know, how, how old is this planet? You know, at tops, how old am I going to live? You know, at tops, maybe 90 years, you know, because I'm pretty healthy. I stay in the gym fit, you know. Um, 90 years, right? That is like in the blink of an eye in comparison to, you know, humanity, if you will. So in, in that time frame, life is going to continue to, as far as humans go, keep recycling over and over again. So people are picking up from birth until they're 30, and now they feel like they, they've got it now, and then that's going to happen again. But everybody's relearning the same thing over and over and over again. So I don't know that... We're going to get to a place where humanity is like, hey, we got it figured out. I don't think it's going to happen, right? I think each person has to just continue to do the best that they can do until their, their time is up. You know what? I agree with that. And what's the best that you can do? And this is where I challenge, and I challenge a lot. And I'm in the space right now where I am challenging. I'm challenging everything around me. Here's a conversation I had with a kid yesterday when we were walking the dog. This is a no-kidding conversation. Dad, I'm going to tell you this. Schwa and Cam, when you guys finally like, when that kid says, Dad, that's the greatest feeling in the world. <laughs> and he's saying it so much more clear, and it's like always Dad. And you could hear, like, you the can hear The trust he has in you. It's the, beautiful. The, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. But he said, uh, Dad, what's the strongest thing about a bat? I said, it's the way that they can use radar, and it's the way they can hear. And he said, what's the weakest side of a bat? I said, well, they're not, they can't see very well. And he said, what about dogs? We talked about dogs. And he said, what about humans? What's the best thing about a human? And I said, the best thing about a human is that we're able to verbally express, verbally express our emotions, what we're thinking, and how we feel. And then he said, what's the worst part of a human? And I said, it's the fact that we don't use that ability. Hmm. For 30-something years, I had, I've got words. I'm a writer. That's what I do. I can write all day long. I can, I can write down about emotion finally, but I never talked about it. I was never expressive with it. Man, if you think about this, though, I don't mean to get this deep, but from the beginning of time, like there was, no, there was no language. So we would try, I think from the beginning of time up until now, as humans, we're still doing the same thing, trying to communicate with each other. You know what I mean? There was once pictures in, in a cave, you know what I mean? And you trying to explain to this person what you mean by this picture that you just drew on the, on, the, on the cave wall over here. And I think we're still doing that now, but we're using the language that we've, that we've learned. But we've all 
interpreted this same language a different way, right? So I don't, I don't necessarily notice like uh, we don't use it. It's just that how I express it because of where I came from and the things that I experience, you don't receive it that way, mm-hmm. you know? And so here I am trying to teach you like my perception of what it is of how you're talking feel. about. You know yep. what I mean? Like I'm trying to teach you that, but for you, like you don't come from this, so you don't know, yep. you know? So yeah, we speak the same language. You know, we understand each other. I can say like, hey, this is an apple in my hand. You're like, oh, there's an apple in his hand, you know? But as far as like understanding my soul, imagine trying to explain that, you know? Like you, we, we have these tools, which is the English language, you know, that we're using right now to, to help this person understand. But at the end of the day, if they don't share certain aspects, then they're not gonna they're not gonna understand it. You know, they're gonna try their best, but they'll probably still fall short. You know, and that's where patience comes in, which is a part of love. Yes. You know, and understanding. If both sides understand it, leaving this conversation, we still might not understand what we're trying to say here. You know, but at the end of the day, we're gonna push through. Yeah. You know? Well, we well we have enough trust within each other. We can have that conversation. That's that's the beauty of this, of what we have. And I know, like, there may have been a lot of, man, you feel the heat. I know Cam took off his sweater during the conversation. It's generating a lot of heat, <laughs> a lot of energy. But for me, you know, we, we kicked this episode off talking about how I failed or how my perception of failure, what it was at that time. And from that pinnacle, that part of my life that happened, that created that failure... I, I do think that people, well, I do know now that people do change. For the longest time, I didn't think that people changed. People will always change, will always evolve. Hopefully, it's in the best best way so it helps the people around you and makes a better version of yourself. But if you do evolve and change, if you are in that relationship with somebody, hopefully you can communicate it so that they can grow with you. And if you're communicating it in a way they're not growing with you, and communicate it another way. And if that didn't work, paint me a damn picture. Do everything because we're a team. Right? Right now I'm looking at two guys that I know pretty well. I've got Cam who sees in shades of love. And I have Cobra who sees in one version of love. One day, Cam, you may change. Mm-hmm. Cam may say, no, I see in just one version of love. This is it. And one day, Cobes may... He's past the threshold of the age, though. He's like, this is it. (laughs) Love is just love. But if you do change and you're in that relationship with somebody else or something else changes within you, you need to have the capacity to have that conversation with with your significant other and give it to them as many times as possible to beat it through their thick skull. And if it's somebody like me, you know, my thick skull, I had to beat my head over the wall to understand things, punch me in the head. Do whatever you need to do. But at some point, you know, I I always say, you know, keep trying, keep going, because that's the type of guy that I am. Keep pushing. But you got to keep it healthy for yourself as well. There's something you said earlier, you know, I've got a short life to live. Life is only this long, and it's got to be good. I'm going to get really, really, really raw here. For me... 16 months ago, if I was to take your words that you said and I was to put it in the mouths of the females that have hurt me, I would have said, you're not very loyal to me. I've only got one life to live. I need to, you know, I got to do this thing because that's what they said to me. Life's ticking out. It's time for me to move on. And it hurts so bad. It did. But now I'm at that place too where I'm like, I'm leaving things behind. I think it's only fair too, man. Uh, of course, it's gonna hurt. Like nobody wants to like get broken up with, or even doing the breaking up. You know, nobody wants to do that. But at the end of the day, like you don't want to waste anybody else's time. Yep. You know what I mean? You don't want your time wasted. Yes, it hurts, and you will do the work to get over, it and you will do better the next time. You know, the next relationship you get in, you'll do better. Hopefully, hopefully. in a perfect world, you'll do in better. A perfect world. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, just I I hate to see people in relationships and they're staying in it. Because one, they feel like they have to, or 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 two, they feel like that. Uh, well, it's the best thing that I'm that I'm gonna get or can get or whatever it is. So they just stay in it or whatever, you know. 
Um, I, I hate to see that, man. And um, because I do feel like those relationships typically are doomed and they're going to, you know, end. it's like, how much time did you just waste? You know, so I, I believe in just being honest, you know, being honest with yourself and being honest with other people um, so that you, you don't waste your, your time. You know, don't waste your time sitting in a situation that's that does not feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not to say that every time something makes you upset, you need to pull chalks and run out the door. Like, no, don't be fickle, you know, but you kind of know when something's unhealthy or, or something's healthy. For you know? sure. If your For piece sure. is robbed, if you can't get out of bed, you look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth and you're just sick of yourself. You know what I mean? Like, bro, you should not be in that state. Correct. You know? And in that place, like for me, and this is where I'll kind of like tie this up, you know, when I looked in that mirror and I didn't see who I was, I didn't know who I was looking at anymore. Um, I, that's when I, I failed. That's when I felt like I failed. But maybe that's the way I needed to word it to myself to know that I'm not always going to win. It's okay to fail. We're all going to fail. And it's what you learn in that, in that moment, um, in, that, in that time. Uh, for me, it was respect. You know, life is a war for love. That's the way I look at it. Life is a war for love. And in a war, there are battles every day. And it was in the battles that I lost that I actually learned the best things for myself. And it's been beautiful. Mm -hmm. So for all of you out there that are you're feeling bad and it feels like you're failing, hey, man, it's okay. It's, it's what crafted the best version of myself, the best version of... Uh, of the men sitting around me right now and, and a lot of other people out there. And that's a story for, for everybody, man. And so it's like the proof is in the pudding, kind of, you know what I mean? Um, so you should almost welcome it in a sense. Like, yo, oh, yeah. I'm falling right now. It's like, all right, well, let me hurry up and get to the bottom so I can yep. start building then, you know? Yep. Because what's going to come out of those ashes, bro, it's huge. You know? Yeah. It's beautiful. Absolutely. So don't be, I mean, I could say that because, uh, again, it's hindsight for me, but, like, don't be afraid of, of that failing. You know, Embrace failing, the hell out that, of the it. The failure or whatever you want to call it. You know, don't be afraid of it. You know, you always got somebody. Yeah. This podcast is always going. Um, the writers, I, I clung to a lot of the writers on, on Instagram. If you go through my, my friends list of the writers, those are the women and the men who paved this way. It, it was, man, they're so beautiful. To each and every one of you, we love you all. There's nothing but love for everybody. And we look forward to talking to you soon on the next podcast. Cam? Later.